Thank you for listening to the One City Church Podcast. We hope this resource inspires you and equips you to walk in everything that God has for you. I'm honored to be here this morning. Um, uh, my heart's my heart's overwhelmed by his goodness. It's an honor to stand here with in this pulpit. And I don't take that lightly. I told Pastor that this morning. Whew. I'm a wreck. It's okay. I'm in love. I'm not afraid to release myself. I'm just not. You know, and it's an, it's an honor. And I felt the fear of the Lord just this morning. And just his love just overwhelming me when he called me last night. Testing that in season and out of season word in me like he always does. At that 830 call. I'll be honest, immediately I felt a little bit of pressure, but I had to let that go. I had to let the pressure go because I'm a son. I'm a son. When you know you're a son, you just abandon yourself, and you know that when you yield to him, he'll just begin to fill your mouth. When you open your mouth, he has to yield to you, but when you yield yield to him, he'll fill your mouth. And instantly, I just said, everybody went to bed at 10 o'clock, and I just began to worship and just worship and just avail myself to him and just completely engulf myself in his love and set my love on him. And then instantly, this prophetic song came out of me. And it was a song about victory. It was this song about walking in victory. And I knew the Lord had answered me, and he had filled my mouth, and he had filled me with the word that he wants to share with you this morning. Just like that, because we release ourselves in love. We release ourselves in love knowing that that love is there. I don't have to feel any weight. I don't have to feel any pressure because I'm his son. I know that when I go to that place in worship and go to that place in love, he'll meet me there because he's already there. That's what we do. We're in love. Listen, if I haven't cried within a week, something's off. Something's wrong. I can tell you, hey, me and Dan, we can cry together. Man, we're not afraid. We're just not afraid to go to that place of worship and go to that place of love and abandon ourselves and be filled with his love and receive his love and set our love on him. And it just moves me. It makes me cry. Just like we sang this morning, your voice is like waters to me. Jesus, you're beautiful. I know that your eyes are like flames of fire. I know that your head is white like wool. I know that your voice is like waters to me. When I hear his voice, it just moves me. It just melts me. It just makes me cry. Even in the correction, it, makes, it moves me because it's his love drawing me in. See, if we wouldn't wrestle with each other and we would stop releasing our sound and start releasing his sound, it would unlock the hearts of people that are in front of you and their heart would be open to you but really open to him. But because we wrestle with each other and we wrestle with flesh and blood, and trust me, I am learning this, when we wrestle with flesh and blood, we're really releasing our sound, and when we release our sound, it causes them to be more entangled. But we entangle them by releasing his sound. One morning, me and my wife were praying for our daughter, and he said this, he says, when you release your sound, I won't draw her heart. Her heart won't be drawn, but when you release my sound, her heart will be opened up and she'll respond. It's completely different. Why? Because his voice is like waters. It overwhelms my soul. So when we stop wrestling 
and we start coming here and just being in love and being lovers and, and being captivated by him and gaining his sound, then we'll release his sound. And when we release his sound, it will disentangle their hearts and their hearts will be open to him. That's what it's all about. Being born again is he is love. I am becoming love so that I can release love. The more I fixate and focus on him and the more I become him because I'm called to be transformed to the image of a son, the more I look like him, I become love. That is born again. And the more I become love, the more I release love everywhere I go. I was on vacation last week. Me and my wife were sitting by this couple that happened to sit by us at this fire. And I'm thinking, if you're going to sit next to me, you're going to get some Jesus, baby. If you're going to sit next to us, and man, they started talking about their kids and how their kids are struggling. And they started opening up about how their kids weren't looking. And man, I started seeing things in the spirit. And I said, can I pray for you guys? Because man, I'm so hungry for them to experience his love. And for his correction and his instruction on how to win their kids and how, to the, how the, their kids can have their hearts open to him. But see, they were wrestling and they were struggling. And then all of a sudden, the key to opening up their hearts came forth. I can't help but do that. Why? Because I'm in love with him. And when you're a son and you be the son that you are, you just walk around releasing love. That's what you do. I can't wait to be with people because I've been so set free of me that I just want to release his love. That's why we dance like a wild man. Because we're free of ourselves. Some of us need to become free of us. When you become free of you, all of a sudden you'll get a little shake in your leg. And you'll start moving. When I got delivered of me, and I came to this altar and we came to this church, and I got delivered, several months later the Lord spoke to me and he said this, I'm bringing your dance back. Because I used to dance as a kid. I used to dance. I used to love that verse. I will become even more undignified than this. That David said, I'm taking everything off. I don't care. I'm in my underwear. And I am going to dance before my king because I am in love. I used to dance like that. And then I got, I got caught up. I got caught up in me. I got caught up in self. And then when he delivered me, he says, I'm bringing your dance back. Because... I just don't care. I'm set free from the opinion of man, from the fear of man. I'm going to release my love to him, and he's going to pour out his love on me. And we're going to love everybody around us. That's how we're going to change the world. We're not going to change the world wrestling with everybody else around us. We're not going to change the world wrestling with flesh and blood and empowering principalities and powers to continue to still be in power. We're going to release his love and it's going to open up their heart and they will instantly break their agreement that they have with those principalities and powers because that's what Jesus did. He won them with his love. He didn't wrestle with the destiny of Peter that was standing right in front of him. When Peter said, woe is me, I'm not worthy to be here, I'm a sinner. He looked right at his destiny and he called him forth in love. He did not wrestle with his destiny. We're too much wrestling with each other, wrestling with ourselves. And we need to look to the inside, look to the destiny, and know that we were created in love. We were birthed in love. We were released in love. We're sustained by his love, and we are in love. That is how we will open up a community. That's how we will cause chains to fall and breakthrough to happen. Because we are becoming love. And I wasn't even talking about love this morning. But it's all good, baby. Everybody say it's all good. It's all 
Okay, turn in your Bibles to Romans 6. You guys can start the clock. Put an hour and a half on the clock for me, guys. Pastor says put 30 minutes. I say put an hour and a half on the clock for me. I want to talk to you this morning. I don't have uh, notes on the PowerPoint. But I want to talk to you about being alive in him. Oh, man, I'm so passionate about this. And, and, and uh, the Lord was just speaking to me this morning. I was in tears. I felt the fear of the Lord. And I know it's really good when I start waking my wife up at midnight to tell her how good this is. In fact, I was out, I was bringing some trash out to the street, to our trash can at 1030. And I'm just mulling over the word. And, and listen, if you're not talking out loud and you're not quoting the word to yourself and preaching to yourself, you're not reading the word right. Okay, you need to read through a different lens because it excites me so much that I was preaching to myself last night and then this couple walked by walking their dog late at night and they had that look in their eye like, honey, you need to move a little faster. This guy's talking to himself. (laughs) Honey, move a little faster. And then they came back by and I was still talking to myself. I I just love the word. I get in the word and it just inspires me and I read it through the lens that my life is changing and being transformed. So I want to talk about being alive in him. You know, Father spoke this to me last night. He says, I want you to teach on walking in victory. He says, my church, and I knew exactly what he said, most of my church is not walking in victory. And that wasn't in condemnation and guilt. That just means there needs to be an awakening that needs to happen in us. And I'll tell you, I'm not walking in every level of victory, okay? I'm transparent this morning and say, I'm not walking in every level. But we are contending and we are going after that. And we are learning and we are growing and we're submitting. But he said that to me last night. He says, I want you to teach my church how we need to walk in victory. There was about a year ago, I stood in the altar, and it seems like the Lord speaks to me a lot at the beginning of worship. And I come up here, and I begin to worship, and I begin to dance, and he said this. I'll never forget. He says, Ryan, I need you to walk in freedom. I said, Lord, you need me. He said, I need you to walk in freedom. You see, Father loves to partner with us. He partners with all of creation, angels, us. He partners with all of creation. He loves to partner with us. So he needs us. Jesus is the head, but we are the body. Cut the head off from the body and it's not going to do a lot of good. You understand? He is the fullness of all. We complete him and he completes us. Everything is complete in him. We are joined to him. We are one. So he said to me, he said, Ryan, I need you to walk in freedom. And I knew through discernment exactly what he meant. There is a difference in you having freedom and you walking in freedom. Okay, you have been given free freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom, liberty. Who the Son has set free is free indeed. You have been giving, you have been given freedom. But there is a big difference in you walking in the freedom that you have been given. And the Lord was saying to me, I need you to walk in freedom because when you walk in freedom, you become the sound of freedom. You understand? You become a sound that is released to the world around you. When you go out into the world, you become whatever sound it is from the tree of life or from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. His sound or the sound of the world. His wisdom or the wisdom of the world. 
So he said, I need you to walk in freedom. When you walk in freedom, right, you become the sound of freedom everywhere you go. When you dance in freedom, it breaks change. I need you to walk in that freedom. And I knew he was calling me to step in and contend for that place of freedom. Submit to this word. Humble myself. Submit to this word. Lord, you have made me free. But I'm going to walk in your freedom. Nothing is going to stop me. I am going to meditate on your word. I am going to hold it close to my heart. I'm going to think on you. I'm going to be conscious of you. Every time something comes against me, I'm going to resist it with your word. And I and my family are going to walk in freedom. I've been given it, but now I have to display it. See, he said to submit to him and you resist the enemy. He didn't say he would. He said, submit to God, resist the devil. He said, you resist the enemy. Even last night, my house got stirred up. My daughter was coughing. She, was, she kept waking up. I said, no, uh-uh. <laughs> You're not messing with me. I got up, the violent take it by force, not towards my daughter, but towards the enemy. I said, no weapon formed against you will prosper. I started praying in tongues. She goes to sleep. It's not going to mess with me in my house. Do you understand there's a difference? I, I could have said, Father, I thank you for your freedom. No, I'm exercising my freedom. Come on, I'm exercising my freedom. I'm going to pray in tongues until the thing breaks. I'm going to contend for victory. I'm going to go after the freedom he has given me. Because he's given me the keys to the kingdom. He's given me his Holy Spirit that lives in me. I'm going to allow the transformation. And I'm going to go after that freedom. But I have to fight for that. I have to contend for that. What am I fighting for? To stay in that place of walking in freedom. But there's a key here. Let's go to Romans 6. Everybody doing okay? Thinking, man, this guy's intense. I am. I am intensely in love with him. I love him because he first loved me. See, I want to read you this. We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about how we died. And I believe this is one of the greatest revelations of Jesus' death that we're still as a church are missing is that we died. I think if we got this revelation and if we understood this to the level, and please, when you read these scriptures, please don't pretend that you know. That's the worst thing that you can do because every time I pretend that I know, Father corrects me and he opens my mind and he blows my natural mind and he renews my mind and it just ends up in repentance and tears because I thought I knew. He's big. You're going to spend all of eternity figuring out how big a God is. So let's not go to the Word and say, well, I know he's Romans 6, and he's going to talk about being dead in Christ, and that how he was... Don't do that. I'm warning you now, don't do that. Open the Word and look through the lens of the Word as a child. Who inherits the kingdom of God? Babes. So we come in humility and we say, Lord, what do you want to say to me this morning through your word? How do you want to teach me that I died, that I died? Because that's a key. And I believe that's one of the greatest revelations about his death that we're still missing is that we died. You're not excited enough. I'm going to show you how this takes all the pressure off of you because you died. We have to get this. 
When you realize you died, when you're still carrying you, you're going to try to bring you to pass. When you stop carrying you and you yoke yourself to Jesus because you realize you died, you'll bring him to pass. Come on, man. Somebody has got to get fired up about this. Somebody's got to be the one that will ignite this thing that says, you know what? I'm done. I died. I died. Sickness died with me. Christ didn't just die for me. He died as me. He died as me. He died as me. I no longer belong to myself. I died with him. I don't have to carry myself anymore. The demand is not on me anymore. The weight is not on me. Why? Because Ryan died. He doesn't have to carry the pressures and the weights anymore. Because that old man, he died. He's gone. Romans 6. Let's go to verse, uh, let's start in verse 4. Therefore... And the therefore is there because Paul is saying, hey, why would we continue to sin when we're dead to sin? We're alive to God now. It says, therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in newness of life. Everybody say newness of life. For if we have been united... In, together in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Everybody say amen. amen. For he, verse 7, for he who has died has been free from sin. Wow. That's great. That's a revelation right there. I'm free from sin. I'm cleared from sin. Why? Because I died. Sin is no longer my master. Why? Because I died. Because just as he died, I was brought into the baptism of his death. And the master of sin died with him. I'm freed from sin. I'm cleared from sin. Then he says this. Now if we die with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the death, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Last verse, verse 11. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Wow. He said this. Reckon yourselves dead unto sin. When it comes to sin... I'm dead. This is a whole this is this is a whole new revelation for them and it's a whole new revelation for the church because you don't own your life anymore and you are not a master to anything because when he died he died with you. He died as you. It no longer has dominion over you but you now have dominion over it. You have now dominion over sin because it does not have any reign over you because the life that you now live, you're alive unto him. You die. And it says that when he was raised, you were raised with him. And that you should walk in newness of life. Which means everything that you dealt with was laid buried with him. And when you were raised with him, you became a new creation. You need to understand that. We need to get a hold of that. God didn't just do the next thing. He did the new thing. When he says new creation, he means a completely new prototype. You are a new you completely in him. 
because you died and what came out, you were crowned as a king and you came out in liberty and freedom and you're a whole new you in Christ Jesus now. That means nothing has dominion over you any longer because I died and I inherited the benefit of everything he accomplished when he died. It's amazing to me. Every time I read Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8, my mind is blown because we inherit our inheritances, everything that Jesus went through, everything that he was tempted in, and yet he knew no sin. Everything that he did, I inherited. It was put into my bank account. And then he gave me his spirit. And I'm called to walk in newness of life. Listen, when you still continue to struggle with the confession of I'm this and I'm that, you are wrestling with what God said about you. You are wrestling and not understanding and undermining that you died with him. And that you were raised to walk in newness of life. You are still keeping yourself bound and walking in freedom because we don't have a full revelation that I died. I don't belong to myself any longer. Galatians 2.20 says this. I know it's a very familiar verse, but I love it. I just, oh. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I have been crucified with Christ. The the life that I now live, I live through him. The, The me that you see is Christ in me is the hope of glory. It's not me, it's him. There's my personality, there's my affections, there's, there's, there's those things, but the life that I'm now living, I'm living in him. See, this takes every bit of weight and every bit of pressure off of us because you don't belong to you anymore because you were crucified with Christ and the life that you now live, you live by faith in who he is, what he did, what he accomplished, and what he's doing now. That's a part of our inheritance. And then he says to us, if you believe the same works that I do, you will do also and greater works than these, you will do. Why? Because I am in you. My spirit is in you living. And it's not you living anymore. It's me. And you're not trying to bring yourself to pass anymore because you died. And that's a never-ending cycle. We don't have a right to act the way that we do any longer. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says this, and I'm getting ahead here, but it doesn't matter because that clock is a ticking. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says this, Do you not know that your body is the temple of Holy Spirit, whom you have from God? For you are not your own. And the verse 20 says this, For you were bought at a great price. He said, You died, and now your body is the temple of Holy Spirit, And you don't even belong to you anymore. You've been bought with a price. So the next time somebody does something that wants to bring offense in your heart, you need to remind yourself, you died. I don't have a right to think that way any longer. Because he bought me with the great price of his blood. And my body is the temple of his spirit living in me. No offense will take place in me. Why? Because his spirit lives in me. He purchased me with the price of his blood. And I don't belong to myself anymore. I've given up my rights. I can't receive sickness because I've given up my rights. I can't receive poverty because I've given up my rights. 
Do you understand? Mark 8 in the boat. Jesus has just fed thousands of people with the disciples. I love this story. He has been with them for a while now. And he has seen, he has, they have seen him do many miracles at this time. And they have just gone and fed 4,000 people with a few loaves of bread and 5,000 people with another few loaves of bread and a couple of fish. In one hand, they took up 12 baskets of leftovers after they fed thousands of men, women, and children. On the other hand, they took up seven loaves of baskets, uh, uh, seven baskets of leftovers after they had did this. Then they get in the boat to go to the other side. And Jesus starts talking to them about the leaven and the bread. And they start freaking out because they don't have any bread. We just made all this bread. We blessed it. Jesus broke it. He multiplied it. Every time I went back to the basket, there was more. It was unbelievable. And then we took up all these baskets and our mind is just blown. And they're in the middle of this miracle. And he puts them right in the miracle of this miracle, uh, of this miracle because he says, hey, we need to send these people away. Or they said, we need to send these people away. And he says, no, you give them something to eat. I'm going to put you right in the middle of a miracle. I'm going to show you that when I die, you're going to die with me. And that your life doesn't belong to you anymore. Because this is how I expect you to live. I'm going to put you in the middle of the miracle. And I'm going to tell you that I'm going to perform through you. So whenever you go back to the basket, just believe. And there'll be more there. So they take up all this and then they get in the boat. And he starts wanting to teach him about this principle of leaven in the bread. And how it leavens the lump. And they start looking around going, did you get some bread? I didn't get any bread. Did you get some bread? I, didn't get, I think he's talking about because we left bread. We don't have any bread. What are we going to do? We're in the boat with the bread of life, but what are we going to do? Isn't that funny? That's how we act. The AC broke. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And he's right there in the boat going, hey, I'm ready to perform my word. And they start looking around. They say, we don't have any bread. And he looked at them and he said this. This is what he constantly rebuked them for. He said this. He rebuked them for their unbelief and because their hearts were not still hardened and he says how many baskets of leftovers did you take up seven how many baskets of leftovers did you take up the next time 12 and he says how is it that your heart is still hardened which means this when you get born again and you get saved and you realize that you died Jesus expects you to think like he thinks now he put his mind in you so you could let that mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Jesus expects you to now come in contact with his realm instead of what you see with your natural eyes. You see, we're still so caught up, the church is still so caught up with our natural, with what we see with our natural eyes, that we're missing out what he wants to do in the supernatural. You see, because his realm is supernatural. He lives in the supernatural realm, and he wants you to experience and walk in the supernatural. But he rebuked the disciples because they were looking around and questioning, still looking with their natural eyes. And he says, no, 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 no. You think like me now. We just broke bread and multiplied it. And he said, now you have my thoughts and you know my ways. Now my spirit is in you, and now you have the ability to multiply things. Now you're in tune with the supernatural realm. Why? Because I died. I was crucified with him. And he's living in me. And Christ in me is the hope of glory. And everything he does is supernatural. He lives 
in the realm of supernatural. So what does he expect from you? Supernatural. Supernatural. Everywhere you go, what does he expect from you? Just to believe and to walk in the supernatural. How are we going to win a world and win a region and win a community if they don't experience the supernatural power of God? The world's not interested in the church because the church looks just like the world. We have to become awakened. He began to sing over me last night and over a nation about walking in victory and walking in freedom and knowing that the power is knowing that I died with him. I don't belong to myself anymore. I now think like he thinks. You say, well, he, you know, he says that his ways are higher than our ways. That was to an unrighteous people group. And before he put the spirit of God inside you. You now know his thoughts and you now know his ways. All you have to do is become aware of what he's saying. Because his spirit is inside you. Listen, we're not praying to some God in a faraway castle. He lives inside me. When I step into my secret place, I know that he's waiting on me. I know that love is waiting on me. So I don't pray to him as if he's in some faraway place. What I do is I release myself and I become aware that he's right there with me. And I become aware that his glory is inside me and that he wants to manifest his glory. Because Christ in me is the hope of glory that is waiting to get out. What is the glory of God? It's the attributes. It's the character. It's all the facets of who he is. And that's inside me, and it's waiting to get out. I don't have to ask for his glory to come. It's already in me. You know, I know that. John 17 says, the, the glory that you have given me, Father, I have given to them. The word that you have spoken to me, I have put it inside them. The wisdom, the mind that you have given me, I have put it inside them. Everything you need is already in you. You just have to become aware. Turn the noise down of the sounds of the world. Unclog your ears with the dust of the earth that the enemy is still feeding us. And become aware that he's right here living inside me. And he's waiting for his glory glory to come out when we sat down with that couple his glory was waiting to be manifested so I'm going to open up and let it out I'm not going to ask for it because I realize you know what I died seated with him in heavenly places and the life that I now live I live through him and he's the one living inside me I'm completely abandoned to that place, knowing that he's just waiting. He's just looking for someone who is looking for him. He's just looking for someone who is looking to let his glory out. He's just looking for someone who will partner with him and believe to walk in the supernatural I only got a few minutes, so let's go to, go to Colossians with me. I want to show you something. Everybody doing okay? Yeah. Boy, pastor was right. You guys are quiet. Yeah. You guys need to start serving some Red Bulls here at church. Yeah. It's okay. I can handle it. I, 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 I prepare for him. I submit to him. Let's go to uh, Colossians 1. I want to show you this. Colossians 1 verse 15, it says this about Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God. This is talking about Jesus. 
He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. It says, verse 16, For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. Verse 17, And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. So Father asked me this last night when I read this. All things, understand this, all things consist in him. Let's go back to the beginning. He was the lamb slain before when? The foundations of the world. Everything that was made was made through him. Everything that consists, consists through him. He is the supernatural realm. He represents the supernatural. Everything that you see with your eyes in the natural is being held together by what? The supernatural. Christ. It was made through him and it consists, that it consists through him. Everything that you see is held together by him. He is the glue that holds it all together. So Father asked me this, why are we so consumed with the natural realm when all of the supernatural realm is holding the natural realm together? We are consumed by what we see with our natural eyes instead of what's holding it all together. We don't have any choice but to surrender, but to submit, but to come in humility and to say, you know what, Jesus, you're holding it all together. So I'm submitting to that word. When I get the phone call about the bad news, I'm submitting that word. Father, I thank you that your son is holding everything together. That he is the glue that is holding everything. When I get the doctor's report and it says sickness or it says this or it says terminally ill. Father, I praise you that you're holding everything together. Everything is held together by the word of your power. Everything is held together by your son. I submit to this word. I will walk in freedom. I will be that man that expresses that everything is held together by you. I will humble myself and submit to the word of God and say everything consists in you Christ Jesus I surrender I died with you I was buried with you I was raised with you I was made to sit in heavenly places with you far above not just above far above all principalities and powers and even though principalities and powers are affecting this natural realm I'm seated far above so whatever I see with my spiritual eyes that's what I'm going to manifest Whenever I see through the lens of his eyes, through the lens of fulfillment, I speak to that mountain and it becomes a plain. Because he has fulfillment in his eyes. Just like he asked Jeremiah, Jeremiah, what do you see? He said, I see the budding of an almond tree. He said, you have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. Why? Because his word is settled in heaven. So he's looking for someone who comes in partnership with what he sees to perform his word. But we're wrestling because we see this with our natural eyes. We're wrestling with our spouses. We're wrestling with our bosses. We're wrestling with finances because what you see in the natural. And he's saying this, Revelations 4.1, come up here. He's saying, come up here and look through the lens of fulfillment that I see. Because all things are held together through my son. All things consist through him. All things are fulfilled. All things, Colossians 2, 9, all things are complete in who? Him. So I'm resting in that. Because I die. I'm not wrestling with it. 
the life that I now live, I live in you, Jesus. <laughs> Everything's complete in you. It doesn't matter what kind of phone call I get, everything is complete in you. It doesn't matter what happened last night, everything is complete in you. I'm not wrestling because the old man who used to try to carry the weight of everything, he's gone. He's dead. I'm going to let him stay dead. I'm going to walk in newness of life. What's the newness of life? Everything that you accomplished, Jesus, I inherited. I've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. Not some, every one that are in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He's given me freedom, but it's my responsibility to walk in freedom. I'm submitted to this life understanding that I have no choice but to think how he thinks. And if you're not thinking of how to do the impossible, you're not thinking how he thinks. If you're not thinking signs, wonders, and miracles, and you're not thinking healing and deliverance, and you're not thinking your entire family walking in freedom, you're not thinking like he thinks, and you're still holding on to your life. It is time we let go. Everybody say, I let go. I let go. go. Lift your hands and just say, I let go. I let go of my life. My life doesn't belong to me anymore. Jesus, you bought me with the price of your blood. And I submit to your word now. This says I live in you. The old man is gone. I've been raised to walk in newness of life. I'm seated with you in heavenly places. I see what you see. I manifest what you see. I reveal to the world around me the glory that you've put inside of me. That's it. We let go. I take my hands off my life. I take my hands off of me. I take my hands off of the wheel trying to control things. And we realize that we die. Father, we repent right now. We repent right now for still holding on to us. Forgive us, Jesus, where we have not manifested your glory because we did not realize that we died. Awaken us. I release an awakening this morning. I release the understanding as a son of God. I release the understanding and the wisdom that we died with you, Jesus. That our lives do not belong to ourselves. We have been bought with the great price of your blood. We surrender now to the life that you have destined for us to live. The life that you paid for. Jesus, we want you to get everything that you paid for. So we surrender right now. We humble ourselves and we submit to your word. We submit 
And we allow ourselves to be pierced and for our soul and our spirit to be divided right now for your word to find a landing place in us that says that we have been raised up to walk in newness of life. That is not who I am any longer. For the addict this morning, your declaration is that is not who I am any longer. For the man who is pride, it's a man of humility because you've been bought with a great price. For the person who's struggling financially, (laughs) I have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. My confession is changing. My declaration is changing. I am contending to walk in your victory, to walk in your freedom that you have given us. We accept responsibility. And we submit to you this morning, Father. We submit to you this morning. We owe it to the world. We owe it to the world to prove that we're in Christ. It's easy for us to quote scriptures and to say that if any man be in Christ is a new creation, but it's different when the word takes on shape and form inside of you and you become the new transformation and you become the new creation and that word takes on shape and form and we say that we're in Christ, prove it. It's time for the church to arise and to be awakened and to prove that we are truly in Christ. Because let me tell you something, the world, and you can look up at me before I go. The world is longing and looking for something. And what they're looking for is Christ in you. The glory waiting to be revealed. That's what Romans 8 says, that it's eagerly waiting to see that glory. Look. Politics, Democrat, Republican, eh, you know, Black Lives Matters, other side of the aisle, all of that stuff. Look, it's, it, it's not about wrestling. It's about his glory being revealed. What I'm saying is this is we, we can't wrestle with each other. What people are really crying out for is acceptance. What they're really crying out for is Christ in you. But you got to realize that you died in order for Christ to be revealed. For his power to be revealed. For the manifestation of his love to be revealed. For his goodness to be revealed. So that you become an offering that people taste and see that he is good. So I'm going to understand that I died so that I can become an offering that people eat of. Where they taste and see that he's good everywhere I go. Because what are people really looking for? They're looking for authenticity. They're looking for the glory. They're looking for the glory in Holy Spirit that is imprisoned in people. And when you come in contact with people and when we keep wrestling and questioning why people are doing what they're doing, listen, they don't know who they are. They're wrestling because they don't know who they are. They're being puppeted by principalities and powers because they don't know who they are. And they're looking for someone who will dig in, see the gold, uncover the gold, and call their destiny for it. That's what they're looking for. 
But you know where that starts? With me saying, I died. I surrender. My life is in you. Jesus, I'm ready for you to be revealed through me. I'm not going to be afraid anymore. I'm not going to be afraid anymore. I understand that you told me to to heal the sick, to cleanse the lepers, to cast out demons, to raise the dead. That wasn't a piece of advice. That was a command. He expects us to walk in the supernatural. But what's that key to victory? Understanding. I died. Father, we bless your people this morning. I thank you that you took us on a journey this morning. You took us on an adventure this morning and you're so good. You're so good and we love you. And we just thank you for your purpose and we thank you that we woke up so excited and full of joy to fulfill the work that you have inside us. And so we respond this morning to your word. We understand that you love us and we love you and that you first loved us. So we respond to that love this morning. We declare that we are people of freedom. We declare that we are people who walk in freedom this morning. We thank you for the understanding and the wisdom that we died. And our life is now hidden in you. So we let go of every tradition now. I break every tradition now. Every tradition now. I break it now with your blood, Jesus, and your word. I break every tradition off of your people this morning. For us to be awakened and to become aware that you are waiting for your glory to be revealed through us. Father, we thank you. We bless you. We bless your people. We release that blessing over them, over every family here, over every son, over every daughter here. We bless them right now by your blood, Jesus, and in your name. Everybody said amen. Thank you for listening to the One City Church podcast. For more information about our church, visit onecity.church.